Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch, being joined by Devin Hassan and David Woolman. It is 11.22 on a Monday. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm in a basketball kind of mood for today's episode. How about you, Devin? Sure. <laughs> Devin's favorite time of year. So, um, yeah, I guess with the book officially being closed on, uh, on football season, I guess the UIL officially signed off on Saturday with the final round of state championship games. How about that, guys? They actually did it. They made it through the entire season. Season. They crown champions in every classification. So, uh, yes, yeah, shout out to everybody involved for seeing that through to the uh, to the finish line. Yeah, but, but, but what, the, what kind of odds would you be given back in September? Oh, yeah, I know. We were discussing it as part of some of our summer coverage and just the odds. And it just, I don't know, it just at the time it just felt like such a gloom and doom scenario. Yeah. So for us to have got to this point, that's, that really is awesome that we got to complete this season and its finality. What was even more impressive is just the... The very few postponements we had in the playoffs. I know. Cancellations, too. Oh, yeah. There was nothing after the second round, I believe, in 5A and 6A as far as games getting canceled. So, yeah, just great that they were able to finish things over the weekend and crown champions in every classification this season. So, yes, with football being uh, in the rearview mirror, although I guess we are going to do our all-area football team voting later on today, so still got that uh, that big undertaking to knock out. But um, but now we are officially uh, we're officially in, uh, in basketball mode, at least now for the uh, for the next uh, next good while. So um, we got a you know a lot of a lot of catching up to do because you know we had uh, basically last week was you know sort of the midpoint for most of our uh, of our girls districts. Although I'm sure Frisco's already like <laughs> yeah. two thirds of the way through there. <laughs> They're their thirty game yeah. district schedule. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, with the boys, I guess their midpoint for most of our districts at least is going to be this week. So um yeah again we got a little bit of a uh, little bit of ground to make up. So the, what I wanted to do for today's episode is you know we're obviously not going to be able to get to everybody. Got a lot of again we'll get to a small handful of schools today, but um. Basically, just wanted to just kind of looking at, I guess, the uh, this first half of the season, and um, us each discuss um, one thing, you know, one on the girls' side, one on the boys, just something that's kind of caught our eye, just some storyline that has really emerged this season that's um, that has been of uh, of significance for us in our coverage area. And again, obviously, still plenty more to come as far as making sure we hit a few more teams down the road. But um, you know, today just kind of playing some catch up on some of the notable things that have stood out to us early in the season. Um, yeah, guys, we can start on the girls' side, talk a little bit about some of the uh, things that have jumped out to us. Um, Devin, on um, on your end, um, be it, you know, whether it's in Garland ISD with Rowlett and Saxe, Mesquite ISD, or even Frisco ISD, some, what is something that has uh, jumped out to you on the girls' side in your coverage so far? Well, obviously, this being my first year to kind of be keeping an eye on Frisco, mm-hmm. um, you know, you got a defending state champion over there in Liberty. And, I mean, that's shaped up to be a really fun race on the girls' side. It always Because Li- Liberty's in fourth right now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're kind of riding in the form. Um you know, so that's a lot of that story's yet to be told. Uh, but I guess the thing, just you know, with my familiarity with Saxe covering Saxe mm-hmm. over the years, uh, was how they were going to react. I mean, they've kind of been the gold standard in Garland ISD for uh, the last decade. I mean, yeah. they made nice, great playoff appearances. They won eight district titles during that time. Uh, made the state tournament back a couple of years ago. Uh, but they carried a 69-game district winning streak wow. uh, into the season. 
Um, but then you look at what they were bringing back, and there weren't a lot of familiar faces. Mm-hmm. You know, they graduated at El Tech, who was the who was the uh, district's most valuable player, uh, Tia Harvey. Um, as I was getting into the Liberty, I noticed a familiar name over there because Journey Chambers, who was oh, a, really? sex, a, fresh, a transfer, was a was a uh, fresh played up on the varsity as a freshman at Saxe last year. Is now with Liberty. Okay. Um, so, you know, a lot of new faces, a lot of questions that needed to be answered. Um, and then, like with all teams, with, with, with COVID, they didn't have the early season tournaments to work out those kinks. Yeah. And so you just had a handful of non-district games to get basically almost an entirely new roster together. Uh, so I was curious to see kind of how their learning curve was going to go. Uh, they did lose. They, they had that district winning streak snapped in the opener to a, a very good Lakeview team, a, a Lakeview team that's taken – you know, DeSoto to overtime and taking South Grand Prairie and dumping field wow. down to the okay. wire. Yeah, that Lakeview that's quite team impressive. Is, <laughs> they, they kind of flying under the radar, yeah. but that's that's a team that could you know surprise some people come to playoffs. No but doubt. Uh, wow. so they didn't have the normal tournament schedule, and then to compound things, just quarantine issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it was their opponents. Uh, most recently, they were on a two week quarantine, mm-hmm. but from December eighteenth until last th- uh, Thursday, they played one game. No kidding. Uh, in wow. nearly a month, so they just really had had a lot of time to gel to get to come together. Uh, but their learning curve just within they played three straight games last week, went two and one, lost the three match to Lakeview, which is a lot closer game than the first. Mm-hmm. And I could you know that's kind of a, a sign of progress. Uh, but another month from now, when the playoffs get going, I'm really interested to see what this Saxon team can do. I mean, Chrislyn Rose was the, last, was the newcomer of the year last year mm-hmm. uh, as a freshman, and so she's kind of had to step into a starring role. Uh, they did have a couple seniors, Brianna Salazar, Shania Rose, uh, that you know weren't these stars, but they were still key parts of that rotation. Uh, but the big thing you look at is, is the younger players, and they've got three freshmen in London Oliphant, Micah Cooper, and Nina George, who have come in and stepped right in as, mm-hmm. as three of their top, top scorers, uh, Sydney Miller is a sophomore who's who's kind of come on strong this year. Kennedy Swans had a couple of nice games of late. So a lot of upside, and it's one of those teams, like I say, you'd know a lot more about them if we could have seen them play in two or three tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still a work in progress, but I think they're going to be a team that's going to be flying under the radar because they're going to come in probably as a second seed, but maybe even as a third seed because um, they've yet to play Wiley. <laughs> Wiley's currently in second place in that district, um, but that's one of the, the quarantine issues. So yeah. while they played Lakeview twice, they haven't played Wiley at all yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. But, you know, it's going to be one of those teams coming in as a second or third seed that people are used to them being the district champion, and I think they can make a little bit of noise once the playoffs roll around. It is just uh, kind of odd, just I guess with it coming in the same year that the football team, you know, after lording over that district for so long, kind of fell back to the pack a little bit, just reaffirms that just these things can be cyclical and yeah. whatnot. So, yeah, no, Saxe's had a – it's been a heck of a run for Saxe. It was at 60 – what you said, 69 consecutive district wins? Yeah. That's wild. That's, yeah. How many years does that amass, though? Is that what – That was that? back to 2015. Wow. Yeah. It's quite the run. And, and, and mostly, I, I went back and looked at it. I know I've done it by yeah. season by season. I don't think I did it through the entire streak. The average margin of victory was oh God, you know, I can't 25 imagine. to 30 yeah. points. It wasn't just that they were winning. They were rarely yeah. ever challenged during that run. But, yeah, Saxe. Uh, you had mentioned Saxe, though, perhaps flying under the radar into the postseason. Uh, David, one team that uh, that will not be flying under the postseason, heading, at least heading into the season, was Lake Dallas. Yeah, and um, they're, they're, they're not going to be flying under the radar again. No, nah, not after the, uh, the job that they did last season, making it to the regional tournament, one of its 
best seasons ever. Yeah. Um, and they've got a good chunk of continuity back from that season, from that, uh, from that, uh, from that team. So, um, you know, I, I kind of think this is where you wanted to go with yours. So just talk a little bit about Lake Dallas and I guess something that's jumped out to you on their end. This yeah, yeah. I spent about 30 minutes, you know, researching this list last night. So this is definitely what I was going to talk about for girls. There you you go. Um, it, like they, obviously they did lose a couple of big players from last okay. year. Obviously the district MVP Jos- Josephine Elliott, mm-hmm. who's now playing at UT Tyler, then Dory Norris, who was a first team oh, yeah. selection. You know those are huge losses. Absolutely. But, but still, I mean, this is a team that still had a lot of talent coming back, even though they were pretty young. Mm-hmm. Like you had a lot of good sophomores in that class, you know, coming back this year, mm-hmm. including. Um, Georgia Elliott, yep. who, you know. JoJo's little sister. JoJo's or I guess she's taller than, <laughs> than Josephine, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, she's really tall. Um, and then out, and then you have Cameron Richardson, who's a sophomore, who's mm-hmm. really turned it on this year. Um, you know, she's one of, been one of their best three-point shooters this year. Um, uh, Bailey Broughton, yep. you know, I got to watch her play in this summer over there, another guard that they have right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a game against the Colony. She, like, she had, like, ten points in the first quarter right there. That's, that's quite the start. And then, obviously, the biggest – one of the biggest, you know, good stories this year coming out of that team is the return of Mackenzie Bus. Of course. So, um, you know, she's only five four, and you look at her, and it's like, you <laughs> know, is this a varsity player? But like, she's a, she's a special player. Man. Absolutely. I mean, she's so athletic. You know, she makes. You know, she's so quick to the basket. She makes good decisions. So um, last year, you know, it was just a t- tough way to see what happened to her because like her freshman year she's district newcomer of the year mm-hmm. and then last year she didn't even get to have a season i know because like she had the acl tear she had the mcl tear she had some meniscus so i mean just this is a this even happened like like a month before the season started mm-hmm. so like a fall league game oh yeah so just a, just a poor break for her but mm-hmm. you know she's come back strong and you know just added some more added just another what like another threat that uh, that's the opposition has to take care of. So now for this like Dallas, it's like, you know, who do we guard? Because if we guard this one person, this other person is going to go off. So uh, it's, they've been an impressive team so far with all that, all that talent that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously another play I'd like to uh, make sure I get on there is Allie Buchanan. For like, sure. Like, you know, they're, they're forward right there. Um, she recently had like a double double with like 10 points and 11 rebounds. So, I mean, it's, it's like pick your poison with this team right here. Um, right now, they're 15 and four in the season. They're seven and zero in district play, and other than Grapevine, who's 14 and four in this year, um, those two teams battled to an overtime game, which the call, which uh, Lake Dallas won 69-66 uh, on January 5th. Okay, their average mar- margin of victory, besides Grapevine, is 34.2 <laughs> points per game. Okay, so they're leaving. Uh, they're leaving no doubt in this yeah, one. They're yeah, they're yeah. So, yeah. So they're they're just they're just you know they're just taking names right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obviously, I think they got a lot of motivation from all that happened last year. They Like, first time that they've been that far in the playoffs since 2008. It was actually the first time they won a playoff game since 2008. Mm-hmm. So, um, right now, they're actually ranked like number 15 in Class 5A by the TABC. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, obviously, the big game that they still have left is another rematch with Grapevine, which is going to take place not this Friday, but that Friday, Friday after, I believe it's the 29th. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is a team that's like if they won that game, they'll be district champions. It was. I mean, it is nice to see Bus though being able to pick up where she left off yeah. because I know you weren't here at the time, but man, she was amazing as a freshman. Yeah. She was. I mean, she was second on the team in scoring and rebounding. Consider that again. You said she's five four. She was their second leading rebounder as a freshman. Wow. Um, and again, yeah, she was the, the district newcomer of the year. She was our all area newcomer of the year. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just basketball. She was also. She's also track. awesome in track. Yeah, she was a regional. Quality 
qualifier in the hundred and the triple jump again, just as a freshman. So, I mean, there were, I mean, you could make a case that back then that she was maybe the best overall athlete at that high school. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it does stink that, you know, she didn't even get to have a sophomore season. You know, like you said, I mean, she injured the ACL in a fall league game. So I mean, technically didn't even, it wasn't even part of the actual season itself. So yeah. it is, and you just, you wonder when that team was going on its run last year, getting to the regional tournament, you're just sitting back thinking like, man, this is so great, but man, just imagine if they had McKenzie bus, mm-hmm. just how much that could have potentially elevated their play as great as they were last season to have a, a player like that um, as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's, it is nice to see that they are able to kind of pick up where they left off and not miss a beat, despite now having a bit more of a bullseye on their back after the run that they had last season. Um, let's see for mine. Um, let's see. I was, and this will kind of be a theme for my boys selection as well. Um, I basically am looking at two teams that have made kind of quote unquote the leap as far as teams that were, you know, kind of decent playoff teams last year, uh, but have now, I guess, evolved to like full fledged district championship favorites um, on the girls side. Um, I'm talking about Plano East and Plano East was a team that um, we focused on quite a bit last year. This was a fun team to monitor. It's, um, you know, these are the types of teams that always, you know, kind of catch my attention. And they're the teams that start a bunch of underclassmen really early on in the into their careers. They're not afraid to you know, kind of throw them into that varsity fire, let them, you know, take their lumps, you know, work through those growing pains in hopes that they kind of come out on the other end much better for that. And, you know, you look at the, uh, I mean, the Plano East rotation, it's, it's the same rotation as last season because they have everybody back that played consequential minutes at least in, um, you know, throughout the, um, you know, throughout their run last season, you know, players like Kayla Cooper, Denavia Hall, Tiana Amos, Ada Anamekwe, Idar Udo, Taylor Haken, all those players have started games since they were freshmen, you know, and you're seeing it now kind of pay off this season. You know, it was a team that really kind of came on strong in the second half of district play last season. They went five and one during the second half of district play. They elevated their standing, I believe, from fourth place all the way up to second, right behind Plano. They went two rounds deep in the playoffs, lost a really, really close game to state-ranked Harker Heights. Again, the Plano East was actually in position to win late. They had a lead inside the final minute of the fourth quarter. Um, you know, so you saw the promise there, and then they've now built off of that. They're um, they're nine and three on the season. They're seven and zero in district play. They ran the table for the first half of District Six Six A. You know, the calling cards have been defense and rebounding. I mean, this team scraps like hell on the defensive end. Um, Hebron just this last Friday was the first team in district that scored more than forty points on them. They're just they're so athletic, so aggressive, so well connected on that end of the floor, and they've got that size inside with Udo and Hagen down low, and they have just they will just stop teams on on the glass and I mean the uh, you know when I saw in their district opener against uh, against Hebron they had something like it was like 15 17 18 offensive rebounds mm-hmm. just something silly like that and that's just I mean when you create those extra possessions that is such an advantage um, you know I said Udo and Hagen Denavia Hall who I mentioned earlier she's a really good rebounder out of the uh, on the wing they also have a transfer from Rowlett Nevea Zavala who comes off the bench and she gives them some versatility yeah. and size as well um, it's um it's it's a solid team you know at the same time they've had to really kind of tough out some close games of late. Their last three games have been decided by four points or less. Uh, Hebron, who's state-ranked at the time. Plano, who was state-ranked earlier in the year. And then even Capel on your end, David. I mean, they've, um, you know, but nevertheless that they've defeated, but they're undefeated in district. And the thing is, is that you look at the standings and everybody else in the district has at least two losses. So they've got that extra, you know, that extra cushion now. And they've already got the uh, the full head-to-head over Hebron, who is in second place as well. So they've, um, they've put themselves in a pretty good position as far as being able 
to potentially lock up the uh, the program's first district title since 2008. And it is um it is just kind of notable to see when you look at just kind of the uh, the recent history of Plano ISD girls basketball how. You know, East has always been in the mix, but seldom have they ever been in this position where they're in the driver's seat. You know, for the longest time, it was always Plano West with those teams that are Don mm-hmm. Patterson, Kristen Perry. They were always contending for state titles. Um, and then in, re- in recent years, you've seen pretty much since Rodney Belcher, you know, took over at Plano for that, what, four or five year stretch. The, um, you know, the lead Wildcats kind of elevating to the throne, obviously highlighted by that state championship back in 2018. But now you're seeing another changing of the guard there in PISD girls basketball, and it looks like that Plano East is starting to now kind of take that mantle there somehow. And again, we're recording this at 1138. So I don't know if the TABC has updated their rankings yet. Mm-hmm. Somehow Plano East is not state ranked and it is, it is, it is kind of jarring when you look at their resume. Like I said, they're nine and three on the season. Their three losses all came in pre district and they were to Duncanville, DeSoto and South Grand Prairie teams that if you were to check the polls are ranked three, four and five in the state <laughs> and their losses to Duncanville and DeSoto. So do we're all, but we're both by six points or less. So for the life of me, I'm not entirely sure how this team is not ranked at this point, considering that they just swept the number 18 team in the uh, in the state rankings. So, yeah, we'll see. Nevertheless, though, yeah, Plano East, though, have a, uh, having a great season, really building off the promise that they showed last season. And you're seeing this young core really start to, uh, you know, kind of reach their, uh, their potential, it seems. Um, so, yeah, at least that's kind of where we're at on the girls' side. Um, on the boys' side, I'll get to my boys' team a little bit later. Um, David, let's shift back to you for this. So, um, yeah, kind of talk about on the boys' side, what is something that has uh, stood out to you early on this season? Um, I think the, just the scoring depth that Capel has. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, you, when you come into the season, you know, the talent that they have with, like, their like their juniors, mm-hmm. with Anthony Black and Ryan Agarwal. Um, obviously, for their district all-selections a year ago, um, Agarwal averaged – Agarwal, Agarwal is a sophomore. He averaged 16 points, yep, was which a- is a team lead. Um, and – and now, like you bring him and Black back, uh, they have, you see that those are the headliners. But you're gonna interested to see who's going to be as, there as far as the depth pur- purposes are concerned, mm-hmm. because you did lose two really good players in Brandon Taylor and Adam Moser. Oh yeah, both of whom average over eight, eleven points a game. And they just brought a lot of intangibles to the mix, a lot of playmaking, lots mm-hmm. of just leadership in general. Those things that you know, with players as young as Black and Agarwal, you know, they're having to now kind of grow up a little bit in that respect. So they did lose a lot in terms of those kind of between the lines areas that those seniors can provide. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like they've got a nice little running mate as well. Oh, <laughs> tremendous running mate, <laughs> tremendous Nazir Brown, um, who transferred over from LD Bell, mm-hmm. and. The, the, coincidentally, they've actually played with Agarwal and Black and also Devon Grang, who's another junior, okay. um, on the same AAU team oh, okay. through the Empire. So, obviously, you know, they're... It's kind of like that Plano West team that materialized a handful <laughs> of years ago that won a state title. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of AAU connections there. So, yep, yeah. we have kind of semi-AAU team over mm-hmm. here at Capel this year, too. So, and Brown, like, he he's just fearless. Like, he brings that, you know, Black's a slasher to the lane right there. Yeah. Brown's the same way as well too. Okay. Like every time, like he's, I, I'm on video, like recording him doing some highlights of the game. He's always coming towards the basket. He's always scoring, and I'll at least get an and one on him screaming at that out loud on okay. on, the, on a highlight video right there. So like in that game against Louisville recently, Louisville was ranked uh, I think number 16 in the state at that time mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. He scored 33 points in that game. 
in that 18 of them were in the fourth quarter. And it was a game that Capel looked like for a while that they were in control of. They're, I think they were leading by 17 points in the first half. And then Louisville, like, you know, they, they got shut down Agrawal for a couple quarters. He, they, they, he scored like like 10 points in the first quarter, didn't have like anything for the next couple quarters. And then they got back into the game, you know, got some got some good uh, looks at the basket with their motion offense right there. And then they took the lead going into the third to the fourth quarter because mm-hmm. they hit like a like a, a buzzer beater three from Will Curtis over there on the right wing. Mm-hmm. And they were up 55 to 54 going into the fourth quarter. So, but thankfully, you know, like Brown, it seems like when the moment's big, like he, he, he makes, he, he, he takes over. Mm-hmm. So he had 33 points in that game. Um, Friday, they played Plano and he scored 25 points in that game. Okay. And then the previous game uh, against Flower Mound, who we'll, we'll get to here in just a minute or so, mm-hmm. um, he scored 26 points in that game. So he's just, like you know, he, he he it's just been an unbelievable addition to them, and it's definitely taken some pressure off for Agawar and Block mm-hmm. right there. Because yeah, Capella is a team that really came into this season with when you look at what they've done these last couple of years. I mean, expectations are pretty big over there, coming off back-to-back district titles. Mm-hmm. You've got arguably the two best players in the district already in Agarwal and uh, and Black. You know, with all due respect, I guess maybe Louisville's Kylan Green might have something to say about that. But nevertheless, though, that is a uh, a very top-heavy roster that Capella had. So to have another element like that, who already again, you know, has that built-in chemistry with those two already that's um that is massive and it certainly has kept Capel in the hunt for a potential third straight district championship now they always make it interesting on themselves last year even though they won the um the district title they had to uh, withstand uh, two losses to Louisville two Keontae George fueled losses to Louisville and this year you know they've got a big one coming up on Friday because they do have one loss on their district uh, their district resume to Marcus who um they got a little bit of help though because Flyerman was able to top Marcus last week by the awkward score of 30 to 28. <laughs> so, um, but yes, nevertheless, though, it has positioned this game on Friday, this rematch between Capel and Marcus for the inside track on the district title. So, wouldn't you know, Capel right back on the stage. And also, the thing like Capel, like the first time that they played him this season on December 19th, Capel was just coming off a of quarantine. Okay, yeah. So, like, and that was like the second game of a back to back. You know, they played, uh, this game was on a Saturday. They played the previous night before. Mm-hmm. So, like, after two leg, two weeks of being in quarantine, For sure. you don't know how, like, their body game shape is going to be. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was tough on them. But, I mean, ever since then, like, they've, they've won, uh, they've won a lot of games. They're 11 and 2 overall, 5 and 1 in the mm-hmm. district right here. Um, and they're back in the TABC rankings. Um, I think they're 25 last week, and I'm not sure what they're going to be this week. I'm pretty sure they're going to be a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like, you know, Capel's one of the little, bit of revenge on Friday and puts us at their place. So yeah. it's going to be an exciting game. How about you, Devin? What is uh, something on the boys' side that has, uh, has caught your uh, – that has jumped onto your radar to start the season? I mean, there's been some interesting storylines. I mean, you just look over at 9-5-A and you have a, a Frisco team in first place that wasn't yeah. even picked to make the playoffs this year. They got a, <laughs> they even beat, they got a good win over Wakeland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, we'll dig a lot more into that as we can start talking about playoff races sure. and coming down the stretch. Uh, me, one of the biggest surprises so far, though, is Horn. And it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, they won the district championship mm-hmm. last year. That was their first ever district title. But they lost a lot off that team. I mean, they lost, you know, Zakir Sawyer was the district MVP. They had five all district uh, selections a year ago, and all five of them were seniors. So coming back into the year, even though in the uh, Texas Association of Basketball Coaches preseason poll, they were picked number one. But you kind of go, okay, was that just based on last Some of that might have been, yeah, getting and, that. You know, I, I don't know how much that's broken down district by district, team by team. But me personally, I, I wondered a lot what this Horn team was going to do. 
just because there was a lot of a lot of unfamiliar faces stepping into, you know, you had guys that uh, were part of the rotation maybe, but didn't play a lot, uh, or and some guys that you know didn't were JV guys mm-hmm. uh, stepping in to take over these these big roles, but. Here we are going into you know, basically the halfway point uh, tomorrow night, and Horn's sitting in a three-way tie for first place uh, with Rockwall and Rockwall Heath. Uh, really impressive win. I think last Wednesday, that's that's really kind of what opened my eyes is they were able to beat Rockwall. Mm-hmm. Um, and to put it in perspective, Rockwall and Heath played a couple nights later, and Rockwall won by 30. So um, that's a solid Rockwall bunch over there. Uh you know, but you know they've just kind of done it by committee. It's it's a different guy that steps up. I mean, it's, whether it be Bryson Smith or Sean Moaning or Seppo Williams, uh, you know, Denarius Carter. It's just it's the different guys, and they don't have you know a, a guy that's going to go out there and score 25, 30 points a game. Uh, but it's just kind of by committee. Uh, again, the, the, the game against Rockwell, the final score is forty three to forty one. They you know played hard nose defense. They kept the kept the tempo down. Uh, you know, against Rockwall, who likes to push it, is is a key to win. And again, like I say, that that victory last year just showed the progress they've made because they got to a rough start at non district. Mm-hmm. They were, um, I believe, four and nine, four and ten, uh, coming in, you know, in non district games. But uh, you know, that's you, you wonder you've seen you see these teams kind of rise up and win a district title and go away for another few years. Uh, but it's the consistency that you'd like to see, you know, in building a program. And, and Andre Wadi over there at Horn, uh, that's what he's been trying to do. And I mean, this is kind of a testament mm-hmm. to the program itself. Is we can go out and win a district title, we can graduate our graduate our entire starting lineup, but just reload and not go off, go away. So really interested to see what Horn can do down here the second half of the season. That's good to see because I saw Horn in non district play in a game against Heber and they lost that game fifty to thirty two. It's a bit of a bit of a rough watch on both sides, um, but nevertheless, even in defeat, you could see the promise, especially on defense with that team. You know, despite Heber building a big lead, Heber only scored fifteen points in the entire second half against Horn, and they still were playing. And it was early in the season, so you're still playing your you know your uh, your usual uh, usual starters their normal minutes um you know but yeah they uh just the the way that horns off torn's defense really kind of evolved that game you mentioned seppo williams he was a guy that really really stood out in that game he only had two points but he had four steals and six blocks he was everywhere that second half he really ignited that defensive effort and uh you could kind of start to see things as the, as the game went along them start to kind of get a better idea of of what they had because i do yeah i remember that team last season and them being very very senior heavy and i did not recognize has a single face on the court in that game, so it is nice to see that they have been able to kind of round back into form and are back contending for, yeah, for a district title. Um, let's see where I wanted to go for this to round out this podcast. You had mentioned a, um, a team that was projected, you know, to win the district, you know, on your end, despite maybe not having the personnel that you would think. This was a team that was projected to outright miss the playoffs altogether, and it floors me because you kind of could see the, uh, you know, kind of a, a very similar trajectory to the Plain East girls that I just mentioned earlier. Um, the McKinney boys, who are currently ranked number ten in the state in six A, they've um they have taken that next step. They have taken the the leap, so to speak. Um, you know, this is a team. I believe you did. You see their playoff game last year against this against Horn as well in the second round. Was that you or Kendrick that covered that? I believe Kendrick. Okay, it was a game that went to overtime that Horn wound up winning. But you know, McKinney kind of fits that same timeline as playing New East in that they've got you know so many players that all played massive minutes as freshmen. Uh, Jacob. 
Jacoby Walter, Jacoby Campbell, Alex Anamekwe, uh, Devin Vincent. I mean, these are all guys that were kind of thrown to the fire at a really, really early, early stage in their high school careers. And again, there's, there was, there were signs of promise last season. Um, they had just, as far as just staying competitive against more seasoned teams like Allen and Prosper and whatnot. Um, you know, but then they finished third in the district. They go two rounds deep and again, an overtime loss to a state ranked senior laden horn team. So you're thinking that's, I mean, that's a nice little spot to leave off of as far as being able to potentially build off of that then for next season. And with so much of that experience back, they've, um, they've not only taken that next step, but they flat out look like one of the best teams in the state. I mean, just again, number 10 in the state right now, their only losses were to Richardson and South Grand Prairie, who are number four, number five in the state. So, and that was one thing that um, head coach Wes Watson, he did not hold back as far as scheduling up. I mean, they played a very, very challenging non-district schedule, including a matchup with number one ranked Waxahachie, who that McKinney actually won. That was kind of their big coming out moment. I don't know if, if, uh, if Waxahachie was at full strength in that one, but nevertheless, though, an impressive win by the, uh, by the Lions. And, I mean, they've, they've just handled business elsewhere. I mean, they rolled through the first half of their district schedule. They're 6-0 right now in district play. The average margin of victory is 24.8 points. And this is, again, with Allen and Prosper and Denton Geyer, Denton Braswell, which was, really, which was a really, really strong program at the 5A level last year. And um, they've just they've blown through everybody. I believe the closest game they've had in district has been 17 points. Um, you know, I mentioned that personnel that they have coming back. They're led by uh, Jacoby Walter, who I believe 247 has him as the number two ranked sophomore in the state. Um, very, very smooth offensive game. He can, I mean, he can let it up for 25, 30 points on a heartbeat. Um, Alex Anamekwe is a guy that's been on our radar in recent years because he was our all area defensive player of the year last season. Um, you know, he's again, a start, he's been starting since his, uh, since his freshman year. You've got Campbell, Vincent as playmakers. They've got a guy, Thatcher McClure, who's just this dead eye outside shooters also got a little bit of spring to his game he can get up and put it down if he has to um you know as far as um, i got to see them earlier in the year in one of those losses in their game against richardson um the one thing that stood out they're not the biggest team you know so i mean anna mcway as great a defender as he is um as much of a presence as his length can be inside he is only just six foot five so there are um you know there is room for bigger teams to perhaps take advantage of that and you saw that in that game against richardson you know despite um, them doing a, a pretty commendable job defending rylan griffin who's you know one of uh, Richardson's better, uh, one of the better players in the state for that matter. They held him below his usual output. It was actually their big man, Gannon Parker, who really gave them a lot of trouble inside with a uh, with a double-double, lots of second-chance opportunities. Um, but nevertheless, though, this is still a very, very encouraging team as evidenced by the job that they've done kind of blowing through this district. And um, it's a team that kind of like those Plano East girls, they, they still haven't hit their ceiling yet. Still a lot of basketball to be played for these guys, and I'm, uh, I'm kind of anxious to see where it goes. I mean, I don't know if they're a year away from being, you know, full-fledged, you know, potentially making that leap from now district title contender to maybe state title contender. Who knows? But this, um, there's still a lot of very encouraging basketball to be played over at McKinney as this team is, uh, they're, they're just getting rolling with, uh, with this young core of theirs. Um, so, um, yeah, that's just kind of, uh, kind of where we're at right now as far as some things that have jumped out to us through this, uh, I guess, this first half of basketball season. Um, obviously, again, still a long way to go. We've got a lot to be settled as far as uh, playoff races, district title races and whatnot, and stuff that we will get to um, obviously plenty more teams to talk about that we'll get to in the uh, in the weeks to come so um yeah folks that'll do it for this episode of the star local media high school sports podcast we'll be back at this uh, right around the same time next week to break down some more hoops and um yeah until then folks take care and we will talk to y'all later looking to hire top talent in your community look no further than starlocaljobs.com our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area 
With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.